Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's ready for Power 5 football. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who went 4-1 in the pick'em pool. That is me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who also went 4-1. That's right. Me too. Trey Newman. All three of us did. That is, that's going to be our best, percentage-wise, at the very least, that's going to be our best week. <laughs> stellar, sure. stellar week. 3-0 on locks. Very good. Uh, you got your guys' right. were easy, though. Yeah, that's, that's how we like it. <laughs> Ryan, I usually, my locks usually always win by at least 20 points. Yeah, I had to earn mine. I was a backdoor cover with Arkansas State. All right. Well, be sure to follow us on Twitter at CFB Bros to find the link for that pick em pool. We're just one weekend and we only had had five games last week in the pool. So not too late to join. We're going to have a, a full slate of 20 to choose from this week. Um, and if you'd like to bet your picks with real money, you can join our sponsor, my bookie, where winning season has returned. So you can sign up now and get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000 when you use the promo code CFBROS. And there's a a 10 times rollover requirement uh, before you can withdraw your funds with that promo. So good to be aware of, but still a, a really good deal. And you can also enter the MyBookie NFL Super Contest. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread each week to have a chance at $100,000 guaranteed in cash prizes. And on top of that, there's thousands of bets to choose from college football, NFL, NBA playoffs, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie, including, we were just talking about this before the, the podcast, a ridiculous point spread they're offering, plus 54 yeah. on the Kansas City Chiefs game on Thursday night. So if you're listening to this Thursday morning, might be a, a good time to sign up. You can bet up to $50 on that to win 45 So it's That's the crazy part to me. It's minus one. To, you can win 45 It's not just like a couple bucks. I was thinking it was just a couple bucks this whole time. Oh, no, no. They're yeah, you can, pretty much giving away free money. Yeah, Watch the Chiefs lose yeah, by well, 60. But I don't think that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now's a good time to sign up. Go to my bookie and use the promo code CFBROS to double your first deposit. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about that week one. Uh, we have uh, a few takeaways here from each game. Yes. We yeah, do. we do. So, to start off, we had Thursday night. South Alabama played at Southern Miss. The Jaguars, they won their first road game since 2017. They uh, Ooh, they beat wow. Southern Miss 32-21 as a double-digit underdog. And it really just kind of started from the, the get-go. On the third play of the game, Desmond Trotter threw a 73-yard touchdown pass, and that really just set the tone. They, they racked up 526 yards. Trotter finished with 299, two scores. He did throw two picks, though. But uh, they really looked like the favorites in this game. And another reason that this game was interesting, we all kind of felt old by watching this because Frank Gore Jr. was <laughs> toting the rock for Southern Miss. Wow. But uh, then on another note, the game was went so bad for Southern Miss that uh, their head coach actually stepped down in the best interest of the players and coaches, he said. So it was kind of some odd, odd timing for there uh, for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jay Hobson gone after one game. So bizarre. Crazy. Yeah, that was weird. Very, very weird. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one here. A very 
boring game. Middle Tennessee played at Army. Uh, complete blowout. Army won 42 to nothing. Asher O'Hara for the quarterback for uh, Middle Tennessee was awful, painfully bad. He couldn't run in this game. He couldn't throw. I mean, they had four turnovers as a team. They were, they were, they were just horrible. Um, Army looked good for sure. They, they were solid. But to me, this one was just more Middle Tennessee State looked really, really bad. Um, they just couldn't do anything. But huge win for Army. This one was pretty, pretty close point spread. Okay. SMU at Texas State is the other game we have here. And SMU really struggled against what is expected to be one of the worst teams in the country in Texas State. But they ended up holding on to win 31-24. And, you know, offensively, they actually moved the ball uh, pretty well. They just turned it over three times in in Texas State territory. So they would have put up uh, a lot more points had it not been for that. Shane Bechel did make some really bad throws. He was responsible for for some of those turnovers. The uh, the defense, though, I think is the more of a concern for for SMU. That was the concern coming into the season, and you know maybe Texas State is is better than we thought, and their quarterback Brady McBride at least to the eye test looked good his stats weren't weren't all that great but uh they also ran the ball well against against smu so cautiously concerning if you're if you're a mustangs fan yep dubs a dub yes it is and then uh next we had arkansas state at memphis memphis won this 37 24 but arkansas state gave them a game especially in the first half It, it was 21 to 17 in the third quarter and they actually put up they put up over 400 yards of offense against that Memphis D, but Memphis's offense was just a little too much. Brady White he was efficient, had four touchdown passes. Rodriguez Clark added 105 on the ground and a score. And we talked about it before this game, but the Red Wolves they stuck to their their two QB system with Logan Bonner and Lane Hatcher, and you could argue it potentially ruined a little bit of the momentum that they. They could have sustained. Bonner ended up throwing two picks. And the bros, we'd all like to see Hatcher, I think, uh, be QB1 yeah. out there. Yeah, I, I kind of like Bonner, but yeah, hard after game one, hard not to like Hatcher. Um, all right. Yep. Uh, moving on here to BYU and Navy. Uh, so another service academy game for me, uh, but another and, blowout. And yeah. that's the end of that. And another blowout. This time in the opposite direction. The yeah. Service Academy was uh, on the short end of the stick big time. Was it BYU's favorite one? Or was it about a pick em? This game was teetering yeah. either way the whole week. Um, BYU won 55-3. to three. Uh, Just a <laughs> joke of a game. Uh, Zach Wilson, quarterback for BYU, he looked really good. Uh, he was very efficient. Yards per pass was like 13 or something. It was, it was a great, efficient game. Gunnar Romney, wide out for BYU, had a solid game. Navy rush for just 119 yards, so that's not going to win any. You're not going to win any games at Navy if you only rush for that much. So yeah, brutal, brutal start. What the heck, it was, man? It was bad. I mean, BYU's offensive line was just manhandling them. They they yeah. were yeah. running the ball all over them, and they said during the telecast that Navy essentially hadn't been kind of blocking and tackling in practice or very limited at the very least. So yeah. that seemed to play a factor. Yeah, yeah. they when Navy the Navy lost their huge run stuffer from last year. It made obviously makes a difference. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, look ahead to week two then. Let's make some picks. And it starts Thursday night, UAB at Miami. Miami's favored 14 and a half. And the thing to watch here is Miami's new offense with De'Aaron King going up against a really good UAB defense. UAB had a closer than expected game last week against Central Arkansas. Um, but 
I, it wasn't the defense's fault. There were special teams blunders, turn, turnovers that that gave some uh, some really short fields to to Central Arkansas. So I expect Miami's offense to to have some struggles uh, against that that defense, especially on the offensive line. That's a big question mark for Miami. And on the other side, at defensive end, Jordan Smith is a beast. He's going to get some pressure for sure. Sack machine. But I think De'Ara King is, he can just make things happen. You know, he's a hard guy to bring down. So um, I think, you know, they can put up some points against that UAB defense. On the other side, I don't have a lot of faith in UAB's offense. They're projected to be 118th in SP plus offense. So I think Miami's going to shut them down. And I mean, 14 and a half is a big spread. If this was 13 and a half or earlier in the week, I'd be a lot more confident there. Um, as it is, I'll cautiously pick Miami minus 14 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miami as well. Uh, my only hesitation, though, when I'm looking at this is that the public is very enamored with Derek King transferring and there's a lot of big names and, you know, some new personnel uh, or coaching staff at Miami. Uh, so it, the line could be slightly inflated, but overall, I love Bill Clark, but I just, I wasn't overly impressed with UAB last week. It helps that they, it might, I guess it might be the, to their benefit that they got a game under their belt, but they didn't win in the style that I wanted them to in order for me to have much confidence going with them this week. So I'm really curious to see Lashley's offense and they should be able to put up some points uh, based on what we saw last week with UAB's defense. Um, I'm really also curious to see how, how Derek King can mesh with their star tight end, Brevin Jordan. I want to see if that tandem can get going early and see if that sets the tone for the season. Um, but, uh, if UAB wants to have any chance, like you kind of touched on Michael, they cannot turn the ball over like they did. They made some blunders last week, had three turnovers that almost cost them. Yeah. I, I think for that reason that the fact that they were able to get those, sorts of things fixed and kind of get them out of their system it's game one jitters game one mess ups i i'm i'm not freaking out if i'm uab as far as giving up 35 somewhat close game to central arkansas it, those sorts of games happen all the time the central arkansas was a, is a solid fcs team so i'm not i'm not worried about that i'm a little bit more encouraged that the offense actually was able to put up 45 points i mean i know it mm-hmm. was central arkansas but hey you that's pretty good for uab to put up that much and I, I'm not high on Miami. I've said it, you know, a lot during the offseason. I don't think the offense is going to be that good. I think I like Derek King. He was awesome at Houston, but this is Miami and it's a brand new system, short, short uh, amount of practices. Uh, and I just don't like the talent at wide receiver, really. The offensive line's not very good. Yeah. I, I, I just think he's going to be running for his life. And the defense is good, but I don't think the defense is going to be maybe as quite as it was, as good as it was last year. Losing Gregory Rousseau sitting out, that's a huge, huge loss. So they got a lot of pieces to fill that from last year so i'm not i think uab while they're not going to tear it up i think they can actually move the ball a little bit 14 and a half is too much for me i'm going uab all right guys to watch out for on uab at the the skill position spencer brown at running back he's looking yeah. to have a, a bounce back year this year and then uh, the wide receiver austin watkins somehow related to uh sammy watkins I, i'm not sure what that relation is but oh i didn't even know that he's good yeah all right, let's go to Saturday. We have Syracuse at North Carolina. The Tar Heels are favored 23, Trey. Yeah, I mean, these two teams couldn't come into the season in more opposite directions. Going into last year, Syracuse had Dino Babers. Was, he was fending off job offers. Uh, they, the, the Orange had a ton of preseason hype. They ended up obviously faltering, and they have extremely low expectations going into this year, whereas North Carolina and Mac Brown, they're coming into 2020 as – one of the most 
trendy teams, expectations kind of through the roof, at least in the, the ACC. Personally, when I look at the spread, it just feels like too many points and there might be a little too much hype on North Carolina. So I'm actually going to take the points with Syracuse. And I'm going to make them my lock. Wow, that's a lot. Okay. Now, it, no doubt, it's going to be tough to stop Sam Howell. He's got those weapons like Daz Newsome. You got Thunder and Lightning running backs, uh, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Like they're going to be a force on offense. But to me, the the key to the game is going to be if Syracuse can protect, at least somewhat protect, Tommy DeVito. The offensive line was a disaster last year, and they couldn't keep him off the turf. But I think if they, you know, shored that up just a little bit, DeVito can live up to that early hype he had in his career and uh, make enough plays to keep it within three scores and cover. Yeah, I, I I'm not high on Syracuse at all, and I'm I, I'm kind of high on North Carolina, but. Like you said, right? 23 seems like a lot of points. Um, so I, I'm taking the cues as well. Uh, wh- one of the main reasons is DeVito just doesn't really turn the ball over very much. Uh, so, if, yeah. I mean, if you don't turn the ball over a ton, you know, you're, you're obviously less likely to get blown out. So I just, I don't see North Carolina being that dominant enough to win, you know, in blowout fashion. So, yeah, I, I, I just give me the, give me a Syracuse here. Yeah, DeVito doesn't throw picks. He takes sacks. I mean, yeah. it's not all his Yeah, fault. well, it's better. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah better I guess option. a sack is better than a pick. But <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, I'm very low on on Syracuse this year. I, I guess we all are. But so this number, I mean, it makes sense to me The the why it's so big. You know, offensive line bad. We've talked about that. Uh, DeVito lost his best receiver, Tristan Jackson, from last year. His top two running backs just announced this week that they're sitting out the season. So just the the skill position talent is... I think very poor DeVito. I actually think DeVito is pretty good, but I just, I don't think he has much around him at all. Uh, So I don't see him keeping up with Sam Howell. I'm going to, I'm going to take the heels. Uh, Moving on to Louisiana at Iowa state, Iowa state's favored 11 and a half. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, Yeah, this is a big test for, for Iowa state. Louisiana Lafayette is a, is a good team. Okay. Okay. Uh, They want to be called Louisiana, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. He just refuses. It's Lafayette. Uh, Lafayette returns a lot of starters uh, okay. from an 11-win team. <laughs> Levi Lewis. I can't not think of them as Lafayette. That's, that's just, fine. Yeah. Well, Lafayette's Lafayette. a different college, but... Yeah, that's true. true. Louisiana Lafayette. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, but anyways, uh, Levi Lewis, great, efficient quarterback for them. Had a great year last year. They were top 10 in the nation in scoring offense and yards per play. So very effective. And they got pretty much... Every almost everybody coming back on offense. They lose the big play wide receiver, but they still have enough uh, a lot of solid pieces there. And their defense was good too. They were number one defense uh, scoring defense in the conference, so they're they're legit. Um, you know, I do like Iowa State. I think they're good. I'm I'm high on them going into this year as well. But I'm not going to bet against uh, the Raging Cajuns here. I think they're good enough to hang with pretty much most teams that they they go up against. So I'm taking Raging Cajuns. Yeah, this one's tough because it's it's a game featuring two teams I would love to bet on. I'm very high on on yeah. both teams and both coaches. You know, Louisiana with Billy Napier, he's a rising star. Iowa State's Matt Campbell is, you know, arg- arguably already a star, but if you want to call him a rising star as well. Um, so I I don't know. It's tough, but I'm I'm gonna take the points because I don't know. I just think Louisiana is really good. There, the way Napier's been recruiting is has been unbelievable you, you bring up Le- levi lewis and in front of him got one of le- legitimately one of the best offensive lines in college football they were really good last year they bring just about everybody back so 
Um, I just think they're going to be a tough team to win by margin against, especially Ryan, with you mentioning their defense took a big step forward last year. So I, even though I really like Iowa State and I took them over uh, six and a half wins as my lock, I'm going to make plus 11 and a half with Louisiana my lock. Wow. Okay. High on Matt Matt Campbell, but not insanely high you're also high on billy napier who, who just, i on? think i'm even higher it's on a, billy napier yeah it's a tough <laughs> it's a good coach game for michael yeah yeah but seriously though louisiana is as tough of a non-conference team as you could face in this odd year that 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 it is um a lot for me also it points to louisiana 10 of their top 14 tacklers their their defense was insane last year all that firepower you guys talked about returning on offense I just I'm going against the grain and going to lay the points with the Cyclones. I I'm going to take the little bit of a the talent edge here and the the home field. I'm I'm a believer in Campbell and Purdy going into another year. The the Cyclones they're not taking Louisiana lightly. I, I honestly I think there might actually be a lot of points scored in this game. So if I like had to make a play, I might might take the over. But uh, but I'm going to take Iowa State. Yeah, I mean Louisiana's defense was was good for a Sun Belt defense last year, but. I, I do think Purdy can can put up some points on him. Uh, next game we have Georgia Tech at Florida State. Florida State's favored twelve and a half, and uh, the Yellow Jackets have chosen their quarterback apparently. But we are not going to find out until yeah. Saturday. They're not releasing that info, so I would make James Graham the favorite. He was the the starter last year as a freshman, but Jeff Sims, the the four star true freshman, is maybe the more exciting option. So we'll see who they end up choosing but whoever it is georgia tech's gonna have a lot better quarterback play this year they're just gonna they're gonna be one of the most improved teams in college football because they're second in the nation in returning production year two of that you know complete change in system offensively and so so i like georgia tech even though fsu has a super high ceiling i'm just kind of low on them this year with the wholesale changes to the staff in the worst offseason to do that so i'll take the the plus 12 and a half I agree. Uh, I'm taking Georgia Tech plus the points as well. Yes, they were horrible, but Michael laid out the reasons why they're going to be a lot better. Plus, they got a couple of impact transfers coming in, especially on that offensive line, which was one of the worst parts they had last year. It's just a drastic difference that they need type of player they need up front. So I feel like those two guys will help turn the tide. Uh, They had a couple of wins last year in the ACC. They beat Miami at NC State. So in a lot of their games, they competed. so yeah, I got to go with the, the the Yellow Jackets. I don't trust Florida State year one, Mike Norvell. Uh, you know, I know they have a lot of talent coming back, especially on that defense, uh, but they've kind of underwhelmed uh, with a lot of talent lately. So And on, on that defense, Hamza Nasraldine, their, their leading tackler from last year, he's out for this game with injury. Brutalmente. Yeah, even worse. Yeah, I uh, one thing to watch, if Sims does get the nod at quarterback, he was a Florida State decommit. So that would be kind of oh, intriguing yeah. to watch. Um, I, I'm with you guys. The Knolls are going to win, but I'm going to take the Yellow Jackets to to cover. I'm a li- maybe a little more bullish on Florida State than you guys this year. I just think that uh, I think Norvell is going to get them to play, but it might. It, I don't think it's going to happen week one. I think it's going to take a, a few games for them to kind of mesh and, and improve as the season goes on. So in this game with the wacky off season, I like the team that has a little bit more continuity. Um, especially on that defense, Georgia Tech returns all that production like you guys talked about. So I'm also rolling with the rambling wreck. Okay, Western Kentucky at Louisville. Another sneaky good game. Louisville's favored 11 and a half. What do you think, Trey? This is a tough one. I really like 
Helton squad at Western Kentucky. They return a lot of pieces from their nine-win team last year. They won their bowl game. They have one of the best defensive end tandems, actually, in college football. You've got D'Angelo Malone. He had 21 tackles for loss. Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. Then they have Jawan Jones on the other side, had 12 and a half tackles for loss. So that's a formidable formidable one-two punch on uh, on the D-line. But uh, and it's gonna also going to help considering Louisville does lose some some pieces on there up front on their offensive line but to me yeah, it came McKay down Becton, to the big one of course uh but overall to me it came down to louisville and Satterfield, satterfield having familiarity with the hilltoppers these two played last year and louisville actually won by 17 now satterfield's got year two he's got a confident bunch with the way that they played down the stretch at the end of the last year you got that three-headed monster of Cunningham at quarterback, Tutu Atwell at at receiver, and Hawkins at running back. That those three, you know, give in any given play will help neutralize that Hilltopper D D line. So I'm going to roll with Louisville. Yeah, you you pointed out the big concern to me is is that pass rush from from Western Kentucky and just that defense in general is is very good. It's it's it would be a good defense even in the the ACC, I think. Um, but like you said, they put thirty point thirty eight points on on that Western Kentucky defense last year, Louisville did. So I think they can at least get close to that. And I don't think the Hilltoppers offense is is good enough on the ground to exploit the weakness that is the Louisville rush defense. So I will uh lay the eleven and a half with with Louisville. And by the way, just to bring up Western Kentucky's uh quarterback for this game, looks like it's gonna be Tyrell Pigram uh, the, the Maryland transfer. So I do like him. He can, he can make some plays with his legs, but I don't think it'll be enough. Terrible passer. Ah, oh, that's harsh. <laughs> but true. <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, they, they made Ty Story into a pretty good, uh, pretty decent passer last year. Yeah. So. Hey, West Kentucky's done some work with some former <laughs> not so great guys. Uh, I, I agree with you, Mike. I like Louisville. Um, they, Louisville beat them by the 17 last year. Uh, and that was in a neutral field. This time it's, in Louisville, did you already say that, Trey? That's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Ryan, Ryan just tunes me out. <laughs> I tuned out for a little bit there, I got to admit. Sorry about that. My bad. So, yeah. It's only Scott Satterfield's third game last year. Uh, but that's, yeah, too much firepower. Too much firepower for Louisville, to, for Western Kentucky to keep it that close. Louisville's going to be good. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is a good pick here for Louisville. Okay, next game we have Arkansas State at Kansas State. Wildcats are favored ten and a half, Ryan. Yes, they are. Uh, I like uh, the Red Wolves here, Arkansas State. Uh, we just did our Big Twelve preview, and um, yeah, we just did. It. Sorry, my somebody was taking control of my mouse on my computer. Like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> well, yeah. It's like, I don't know what happened there. Maybe Angie's got me using my mouse or something. We have two computers, and Uh-oh. maybe they. I don't know. She got the mouse mixed up. <laughs> I was like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, maybe this yeah, is a I'm, sign that arkansas state uh isn't the pick yeah it's like <laughs> change your pick <laughs> no i'm sticking with them um so yeah we just did our big 12 preview and i kind of laid out pretty strongly why i'm low on the wildcats uh i just don't think their offense is going to be good at all um i don't think they're going to be able to beat many teams by more than 10 points even a, especially a solid team with a solid offense like arkansas state um they you know they already played a game they got the kinks worked out and i think memphis is better than k-state and uh, arkansas state was able to give them a game so i see this going down to the wire i really do i think it'll be a neck and neck game the whole way and uh i'm gonna make arkansas state my lock back-to-back weeks i'm making them my lock 
All right. I see this game. Know. I see this game going down the wire, and I'm going to make Arkansas State my lock. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, oh, oh I, I tuned oh. out there. Did I say what Ryan oh, said? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm actually going the other way. Um, I'm going to take Kansas State. It's a that's a tough tough start to the season for Arkansas State playing at Memphis, and now they get K State. Um, K State gets a, a week of tape on uh, on Arkansas State. I think Kleiman's going to take advantage this week. He's also probably, like I said, he's probably happy that Lane Hatcher isn't the the guy going. They get that two quarterback <laughs> system. Um, but no, K State they do have a lot to replace on that offensive line, which we talked about in the Big Twelve preview. But they replaced their O line with a bunch of big boys. They average over three hundred and twenty pounds. So that's not something Arkansas State would generally see on a week in week out basis. Uh, I also think that even if that does break down, I trust Skylar Thompson to make enough plays and he can scramble uh, when needed. So I'm taking the Wildcats. Okay. Well, I think you guys are ignoring one, actually two key differences between these two teams. They are. Trey, Trey's all over it. <laughs> I, I looked at that Very earlier. Good, Trey. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, uh, I'm with Ryan. I'm going with Arkansas state kind of the same analysis as, as last week. It's just, that's a lot of points to, to give against uh, a team with a really good offense and really good quarterback play. So I, I like, I like the red wolves as well. Uh, next game, we have an ACC matchup Duke at Notre Dame, Notre Dame's favorite twenties. Their, their first game as a, a member of the ACC I think they're going to dominate. I just, I, we talked about it in the ACC preview. I don't think Chase Bryce has much help around him on offense going up against a really good Notre Dame defense led by Jeremiah Uwusu Koromoa at linebacker, Kyle Ham- Hamilton, a p- potential star at safety. And on the other side, I, you know, even though Duke has uh, a very good pass rush, or that, at least they should, they've got a couple of really good guys on that D line. I think five returning starters on Notre Dame's O-line is is kind of the antidote for that. So I think Ian Book will get enough done to get the cover here. I'm starting to go against you guys, it seems like. I, I personally, I agree with the sense that I think this is going to be one of Brian Kelly's best teams. Ian Book is poised to have a, a big year, but I'm just going to take all these points with, with Duke. I'm not in love with Chase Bryce, but I think Cutcliffe can get the most out of him uh, in, in this season. Another matchup I do like is Duke's on Duke's secondary versus the Irish receivers. Duke's top four corners all have a ton of experience. They made some plays last year. They also you you lightly touched on on the the defensive line, Michael. They have their pre preseason All American DN Chris Rumpf. He might be able to get at least a little bit of disruption in the Notre Dame backfield, or at least enough to uh, to keep this game respectable and within the spread. So that's why I'm going to take Duke. Yeah, I disagree with Trey. I'm going to go with Michael here. Um, I think Notre Dame's going to crush them. I think they'll run all over them. Uh, Duke won't be able to do anything on offense. Chase Bryce, give me a break. He's short, short amount of time in the system. I mean, nothing to work with. Great defense like Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I think, I think Notre Dame will win easily. Okay. Final game that we're all breaking down here. Clemson at Wake Forest. Game day is going to be at this one. And this point spread is a very, very narrow 33 points. <laughs> hey, for Clemson and the ACC, that's... that's My lord, though, <laughs> that is a lot of points. I mean, I know, Wake lost, yeah. I know Wake lost Surratt at, to the opt-out and Jamie Newman to the transfer, but I'm going to take the Demon Deacons. I, I still like Sam Hartman at quarterback. 
Uh, you would think he would only improve this year with uh, under Coach Clawson. Add in the fact that Wake has one of the best D DNs and Carlos Basham. Clemson, we've talked about it. I mean, they're obviously just littered with talent. I get it. But they have to replace three of its top four receivers, most of its O-line, and guys like Isaiah Simmons, who was the quarterback of that defense last year. They're going to win, and it'll be comfortable, but I it might take them a little bit to gel, so I'll take the points with Wake. I agree with you. I'm going taking the, the points with Wake. Wake Wake's going to be pumped for this one. Game one, game day's there. I know there won't be a bunch of fans in the stands, but they'll still be pumped. Uh, primetime prime time television here. Um, and I, I kind of agree with you about the fact that I, I just, Clemson seems to be, I don't know, I guess it's just lately, but they seem to be a little slow out of the gate um these past couple years uh, especially last year they were last year i remember the they, they were just, for sure yeah yeah and then they just flipped a switch um so i could see them happening especially with you know uh need, needing some time to gel with so many new pieces um they're gonna turn it on it's just i don't think they can turn it on game one against a, a, a solid team wake forces is you know consistently in bowl games they're solid i think wake has enough especially on defense to you know make this a, a, a somewhat competitive game not just a complete annihilation so yeah and classen's a good offensive coach he'll they'll they'll get some points up on the board all right i'll i'll be the one to go the other way i think we're just i'm not looking at wake forest this year as the the wake forest of the past several years i just think there's there's too many losses and um especially on offense i just i don't know i don't think sam hartman has enough around him and even sam sam hartman himself like i think that the perception of him right now is Maybe a little bit too high. I, I don't know if he's yet proved that. So uh, maybe he can he can do that and, and keep this one more respectable than I think. But I'll I'll lay the wood with uh, Clemson. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get to our honorable mentions and make some picks there. Let's go ahead, Trey. All right. Yeah. Well, the first one that was supposed to play this week was Louisiana Tech and Baylor. This game ended Where's up getting. Music? Don't we get music for honorable mentions? It's playing. It's do, very quiet. Do you, yeah, oh, do you not? I don't hear it. <laughs> wow. Do you hear that, Trey? I hear it absolutely. Ryan's Ryan's gone deaf. Um, but Maybe. this game, the Louisiana Tech Baylor game, it got postponed at uh, as Louisiana Tech had a major COVID outbreak on their team. So that's unfortunate. Baylor will have to start their season, or both these teams will have to start their season another day. Next, we got Tulane, who's favored eight at South Alabama. South Alabama, they're playing their first game in the new on-campus stadium. I know South Alabama had a had a good win as a double-digit dog last week, but as we found out, Southern Miss wasn't very good. They're, even their coach resigned after. Tulane, they're coming off a bowl victory, have a major influx of grad transfer talent from uh, some Power 5 schools, namely uh, Mikhail Jones from Oklahoma, the wideout, and corner Kyle Myers from Florida State. I like Coach Willie Fritz. The coaching staff is calling this their best uh, defense they've had in that regime. I'm going to take Tulane. Okay. I've got uh, five games between Power 5 teams and FCS teams, so I'll just point out what we're what I'm looking for in each game. So first, Bobby Petrino's Missouri State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored 40 and a half. Get a chance to see Spencer Rattler as the starter for the first time. I would expect things to go very smoothly against Missouri State. Yeah. Houston Baptist at Texas Tech. Red Ravers favored 39 and a half. And they gave up a ton of big plays last year. And last week against North Texas, Houston Baptist actually threw for 480 yards. So maybe a tiny bit of a, of a test for, for Texas Tech. But if they're improved, they should uh, 
definitely <laughs> give up a lot less than 480 yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would think. Uh, Eastern Kentucky at West Virginia. West Virginia's favored 40 and a half. And the Mountaineers, the big thing we need to see from them is a better running game. It was terrible last year, so they need to get off to a good start here against... Eastern Kentucky just got throttled their first game. Yeah, too. Marshall just killed them, right? Yeah. So... Mountaineers need to do the same. Next up, Austin P. Good FCS team, actually, at Pitt. Pitt is favored 27. We know Pitt's going to have a really good defense, so I would expect them to, to shut down Austin P. The question is, has Kenny Pickett taken that next step forward in his senior season? It's hard to take that that step in the senior season, but John After Wolford, you've seen so John Wolford from Wake Forest did it. <laughs> Kenny Pickett can do it. We'll see. <laughs> True. I actually don't have good the faith point. that he will, but you maybe. Uh, finally, UTEP. At Texas. Sorry, UTEP. I know you're not technically FCS, but might as well be. <laughs> Texas is favored 43, and I'm looking they forward to seeing week. the new skill talent for Texas. So you got Tariq Black, the grad transfer from Michigan at receiver, uh, and then at running back, Bijan Robinson, the five-star true freshman. Get a chance to see him. Yeah, that's pretty cold, Mike. Sorry. UTEP won. They're 1-0. That's true. They beat, um, who was it? Uh, yeah. Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's it's a close right. one though. Yeah. Hey, they won by ten. <laughs> Stephen F. Austin's solid. I'll take your uh, word. All right. <laughs> For UTEP, that's good. All right. Anyways, moving on. Charlotte at Appalachian State. App State is favored at seventeen. Uh, and this one, uh, App State should be dominant again this year uh, in the Sun Belt. Zach Thomas, senior quarterback, he seems like he's been there forever. Also played linebacker at Texas Tech, so he's pretty versatile yeah, guy. Right. Uh, and pretty much everybody else is coming back on offense as well. They return so much uh, defense. They got some pieces to fill, but the App State seems to always have a good defense. So I think they're going to be just fine there. Charlotte definitely improving under Will Healy. Made a bowl game last year, fantastic. Um, but I just don't think they're going to have enough ammo. Stick with App State just yet. They do lose like their two best players they've ever had on defense, leading sack person in their history and leading tackler in their history. So. I got App State there. Uh, Coastal Carolina at Kansas. Revenge game here from last year. Coastal Carolina won at Kansas by five last year. It was like 12 to seven. Really yeah. thrilling game. Uh, Kansas favored six and a half, which, you know, you kind of just look at some of these things like Kansas returns essentially nobody. They have like, what are they, 128th in returning production, I think Michael said that. Yet in something like that. Previews. I think 126, so, but yeah. Something horrible. Like they return nobody. I mean, they were terrible last year, uh, but the ch- the chance the Chantecle- the Chanticleers, uh, they they return quite a bit. Uh, they got CJ Marable, they're they're kind of versatile running back. He's a good player and a couple solid QBs. Looks like Fred Payton might get the nod there at that quarterback. So defense got a lot of production back, especially in the front seven. So yeah, I got to go with the the Chanticleers here, man. Give me the plus six and a half. All right, and it's actually up to seven, so I'll give you the plus seven oh, there. Wow, my bad. Yeah, definitely take them. All right, let's uh, close out this episode here with a questionable finish. Controversial Twitter figure Sir Yacht continues to report dates for the Big Ten to announce they're coming back. And those dates, unfortunately, have all been wrong so far. What is something you've been constantly wrong about? Uh, well, I was pretty wrong for a while. I turned a corner, but I was pretty wrong for a while that uh, Kellen Mond was a terrible quarterback. <laughs> was just they might as well just move into wide receiver and give up. Wow, yeah, that was after one game against UCLA. He went like one for twelve or something, and you were out. He was, I was done, man. Yeah, I was done. 
Well, my whole life I've been wrong about pronouncing kind of a, a lot of different words, but the in particular, bowl and bowl. So like B-O-W-L and B-U-L-L. To me, those words are the same. Like I just, in my brain, I pronounce them the same, but that is uh, very wrong. Huh. What? I bowl and <laughs> I say bowl. Do you say them the same? Are you with me? Bowl, bowl, bowl and bowl. I, yeah, I pretty much do. Maybe same. I go more O sound with the, bowl. like a cereal bowl. That's the way it's supposed to be, but in my brain, they're just, they're the same. Just like same with like goal and goal, you know, G-O-A-L and G-U-L-L. Those are all the same to me. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to say, I'm going to say recently, the last couple years, Subway, the restaurant, I, every time I go back and I say, it's going to be good this time. It's not good. <laughs> no. I go back. I wait a couple months. I wait a month or two. I'm like, I'm going back. It's going to be good this time. It's not good. I went there it's like. worse. I went there every day for a stretch, and I think I, I must have gotten tired of it. But now I just, I, I try, and I try, and I try, and I'm still just wrong. Even when I went there every day, I didn't like it. It just was just cheap and yeah, easy. Convenient. And, and, yeah. Relatively healthy. Kind of so, yeah. All right, Virginia Tech head coach Justin Fuente announced that Hendon Hooker will be the starter in their season opener opener against Virginia next week, but he said backup Braxton Burmeister, the transfer from Oregon, will also play. What is your favorite two-quarterback system of all time? If I had to be, uh, I'm just going to quickly say it. As a homer pick that year with Tommy Frazier and Brooke Behringer, that was uh, mainly in a couple games, but that's not who I'm going to say. I'm going to look at, more recently, Oklahoma had Blake Bell and Landry Jones. That's yeah, a that's one. a good one. The Belldozer. The, 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 the Belldozer package. <laughs> yeah. They had like they used him so much in the one. red zone or, or or short yardage third down. Like He was he was fun to watch. And, I mean, it Landry, worked, man. Landry just worked. tossed it all over the yard everywhere else, but the Belldozer package was fun. My answer is very similar. It's Texas in 2016, and they really only did it kind of significantly in Game One oh, yeah. against Notre Dame. Yeah. It was Tyrell Swoops or something. Yeah, right. it was Shane Bichelle as the starter, and then they had the 18 wheeler package with Tyrone Swoops coming in, basically just wow. a running quarterback, and it was awesome, especially in that Notre Dame game because that was, of course, the infamous Texas is back game. Yeah, so yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Uh, there's a couple of you guys left me here. You got, you could obviously go with Chris Leak and and Tim Tebow at Florida when they won the mm-hmm. national title. That one's kind of an easy one to pick. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with uh, good old classic for the Newmans, the uh, Timmy Chang and Sean Withy Allen. Oh at wow! Hawaii. Yeah, back in '02, I believe it yeah. was. I had to look that up. The year. Yeah, that's but a, yeah, that was kind of like honestly, they were kind of ahead of their time when you brought in a mobile quarterback. Just didn't seem mm-hmm. like that happened as much. A package for him, yeah. That, that was, was some good times. All right, last question. Let's get to our upset special for the week. You got to pick a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. And the reason I wanted to clarify that that point spread was seven, Ryan, is that I'm taking the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers Ooh. to win outright at Kansas. I'm going to say yeah. C.J. Marable goes for 150 yards and outduels Puka Williams and gets the job done. All right. All right. I like it. I know I didn't pick them in my my rundown, but as far as an underdog that could win outright, I'm going to say South Alabama. They could beat Tulane as an eight-point dog or so. They have momentum playing their game last week. They're confident after putting up a show. Desmond Trotter, he could light it up, so that'll be my pick. All right. That's good. 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Arkansas State. I think uh, they're about a 10.5 point dog at Kansas State. I think they can really, they with that game under their belt, they can jump on Kansas State early and maybe uh, hang on. So I'm taking the Arkansas State. All right. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Be sure to uh, enter your picks for week two of our pick'em pool. Like I said, we posted that on Twitter at CFB Bros. It's in our Instagram bio, also at CFB Bros. Support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash college football bros. We got a ton of bonus episodes up there. We're doing a, a Patreon trivia night on Zoom on Friday, so you can join in time for that. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com thisishome today.